my name is Josh Rose, and I'm here with uh, my buddy Zach Butler. We're coming to you this, and uh, today we're actually talking about a pretty intriguing subject. Um, and without any further ado, I'll uh, let my buddy take over and explain to you what we're going to be talking about today. Okay, so uh, the main question we're going to be focusing on today is, do you need to change with time? And uh, I think it's important right off the bat to, to say we're not talking about changing physically. Like we're not talking about aging. So we, we understand that, you know, you're born, you're a baby, you grow up, you know, and then you, you get stronger, more intelligent, and eventually you get weaker and, you know, get wrinkles and you die physical change. So that's not exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about more the mental aspects of change. Uh, would that be correct? Yeah, it, it's pretty much the way that I look at it is, do you really need to undergo these giant steps of change through your life? Do you really need to change who you are, change the way you think, change your ideas. Um, that's the way that I kind of look at it. And it's not necessarily a do you it or more or less a should you when I think about it. Yeah. And uh, I'm right with you because one thing change is natural and unavoidable. So in, in other words, you know, you, one changes whether one likes it or not. I, I don't I think we undergo change and that's just something that happens, whether we're aware of it or whether we're unaware of it. So from there, I would ask, should one try to change or should one just merely float along and see what happens or should one actively engage in change? I, I don't think that you're wrong at all there. Uh... I think one thing that I would add to it would be um, not only looking at it actively, but passively in the sense that you become complacent. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize that they become complacent and they change regardless of what's happening just because they're not making any effort to do anything. Yeah. And, and so from there, I would say that, you know, in answer, I'd say that we we should change. We should try to change. And then from there, you have to ask yourself, well, what change is good? What change is bad? Because certainly we can undergo both. And most of us will undergo both. So we need to be aware of the change and kind of try and guide the change along. So that means we need to make rational decisions and a rational effort to become better people and that sort of change is what i would i would like to focus on okay and i think i kind of look at it at a little bit different perspective I, I think the kind of change that that i think about the most when i think about this topic is i think about is not necessarily changing to make yourself a better person, not necessarily changing to, um, 
change for the good. I, I think about um, kind of like how I just mentioned, I think about mainly change that people don't see and change that may occur naturally or, or due to that complacency that I brought up um, and kind of one example that I wanted to give as we were getting into this is um, the idea that think about the the change just between from high school to college in you know in a young man or a young woman are you following me yeah I'm following you so yes someone is growing up you've got somebody whose brain isn't completely developed yet but you see this this change in these people that goes from being completely engrossed with you know the people around them and becomes completely you know they, they were completely engrossed with the people around them completely engrossed with the situations that were presented to them to being primarily focused on themselves and they start primarily thinking about um what am i going to do what am i going to be what am you know they start thinking about those changes but they don't realize that there's been a change that's set forth in them that they need to start thinking about their life. They just know that that's the next step to go on with. And that's what I find really interesting are the, the kind of changes that happen around um, even like mental development, uh, which you could say in that case. But uh, uh, what are your thoughts on that before we, we go forward? Yeah. So I, I think I have an interesting quote. Um that, that actually relates to what you were talking about. So this is from Karl Popper, who was a philosopher from the early to mid 20th century. And so something he said, and he's kind of actually talking about Aristotle, and he's paraphrasing some of Aristotle's thought. But he says, those who do not know and do not think believe that only the fuel is burned while the bowl in which it burns remains unchanged. So he's saying that people, you know, think of a like your pipe bowl, for instance, that people will see that pipe bowl and think that only the only change occurring is happening to the tobacco that's being burnt. But there's actually a change going on to the bowl itself. And that's the type of change that a lot of people are unaware of. Yeah. And just kind of thinking about that for a second. Um, for those of you that may not know, uh, I am a, a pipe smoker. Uh, to kind of follow up his point, there is an actual change that happens to the, the bowl of a tobacco pipe. It, it becomes carbonized from the burning of all the ashes and then the reburning over that ash, it creates a carbon layer that builds up in the bowl of that pipe. And, and so that makes it really easy to kind of see, uh, that's a really good quote. And I, I really like it uh, to talk about that right there specifically, because even though you can see that change, you can see, you know, you know that there is a change happening there's still that secondary change that you're just not aware of. So I, I really like that right there. Um, but now what are your thoughts on that intentional change you were talking about? Yeah. So I, I think that, um, and to kind of 
keep go along with the, the pipe bowl analogy. So it, if I'm correct, so if you're a lot of people who smoke the pipe may not be aware of that change occurring to the pipe, but the more you smoke it, the more change your pipe will undergo. And that will, so for each future time you use it, that actually changes maybe even minutely how you use the pipe or how the, the benefits or the, you know, lack of benefits you can gain from a pipe. So understanding how that pipe changes, changes the way in which you smoke in the future. Is that right? Yeah, it does. Because it, uh, what it does is it picks up flavor from the tobaccos you smoked in it. Um, and it, uh, it develops, like I say, it develops that, that carbon coating. And once it gets thick enough, you know, you, it stops really, there's no heat to the bowl at all. There's, um, and so it really dictates the kind of tobaccos that you would smoke in it just because, you know, you've already got the, a, a certain flavor profile built up in it. So, I mean, I think I see where you're going. Uh, what you're saying is, is you, with these changes that you want to be aware of, you start kind of looking at all the changes you can't control and, and the things that have just happened and you learn how to, you learn how to adapt around that, correct? Yeah, that that's, yeah, that's a good way of saying it. And I, I would also add, so you, you get those benefits from, from your pipe, whether you're aware of the change or not. But if you are aware of them, then you can get further benefits because you know how to use the pipe better. You know what type of tobacco to use with it. So I would say the same thing is true in our with everyday experiences. So you change will occur in a person, whether they're aware of it or not, and they can get the benefits or, you know, the lack of benefits, regardless of their awareness. But if you have an experience in life and you're aware of it and you gain the actual understanding, then your benefit in the future to future experiences will be even more so. Um, so, it, you know, that can be good or bad. So if you've had a bad experience, you do something that, uh, say you're working out and you don't stretch before working out and you pull a muscle. So it, you're going to, you have a con consequence from that and you're going to be injured. Well, if, you, if you're aware of why you injured yourself, then in the future, you're going to stretch and you're going to avoid that injury. Um, and if you understand what's actually happening to the muscle, then you can, you're going to get even more benefit. But if you just, if somebody offhand tells you, well, you got injured because you didn't stretch and you're like, okay, well, maybe I'll try stretching. And then you stretch and avoid injury. Okay, so you're getting a benefit from that experience, but you don't actually understand why you're getting that benefit. 
But if you do the research and understand why you need to stretch, for instance, then you're going to have a greater benefit in the future. I don't know if that has a good analogy or not, but it's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. And so essentially all you're saying is if you understand what you're doing wrong, it's easier enough to change. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So what would be an example of something that you think is really important for somebody to understand to change? Um, Like what is probably one of the most profound things that has helped you through um, the majority of your, of your life? Oh, well, I think it's trying well, I'll, I'll say this. I think the most profound thing that I've learned is the benefits of honest inquiry. So what I mean by that is being curious, you know, developing an idea um, and then thinking critical about said idea and then determining from there whether or not that idea is good or bad. And I can also bring that into interactions with people or even my own beliefs is always reevaluating them and critiquing them to find the best ideas. And I think that has been the most profound thing. And I think that relates to change being a process so it's not just a singular event that happens but it's a continuation of life right it's a continuation of things and how did you come about realizing um because i mean for what i'm hearing is i'm hearing that being honest not only with yourself but with your questioning of yourself and your questioning of others is is that right to to kind of shorten that yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and and what really kind of led to that realization for you uh you know that's difficult to say because i don't think it was any one singular thing or aha moment but I think it was over time, like when I was younger, I was really afraid of being wrong. And I I put all my determination on what is good and bad into the idea of being right or wrong. And I think over time, I've come to realize that that's the incorrect way of looking at things. And that being wrong isn't necessarily bad. What's good is um, the process of inquiry. So you can start out with an idea or a, a hypothesis, right? If basically the scientific method, you start out with that idea or hypothesis and you analyze and critique it and you determine whether or not that hypothesis is right or wrong. And your original hypothesis can be wrong, but what's important was the actual process of determining 
whether or not it's right and wrong. And I think that's what's important to focus on that process. Okay. Um, so kind of step into the side for just a second, something that I heard in there that I kind of wanted to touch on, um, was there was really no aha moment for how you came up with that. And it was kind of just over time is, is how you realized that. Yeah, that's correct. And so that kind of goes back to what intrigues me so much about this is how much change is really even intentional. And I, it sounds to me like all that change was really, there came a moment in your life where you didn't even recognize it, where you're just like, I am fed up with always having to be right. I'm fed up with this. I need something else to do. And then you, it just kind of sounds like you fell into, you, you kind of fell into a good place. You kind of fell into, well, you know what? It's not always about being right. Sometimes it's just about being honest. I, I think that's partly correct in the sense that that's not the conclusion I was, I set out to look for. So in that sense, you're correct. But I don't think it was coincidental that that's where I ended up. Because I think throughout that, I always had the intention of researching and, um, you know, meeting different people, uh, talking with them, learning what their ideas and thoughts are, Mm -hmm. reading, uh, writing, you know, looking at all kinds of different ideas and not being afraid of ideas. And so I was always interested in the process of inquiry. So that's it. I want to stop you right there for just a second. I think what I'm understanding and maybe what the audience is understanding as well is that you knew you needed to change but you didn't really know how to go about changing. So you just set out, you just kind of set it on this journey that you said, I'm going to change and I'm going to find a way to change it. Does that kind of hit? Is that kind of hitting what you're talking about? Yeah, I, I think uh, you nailed it. That That's really a, a brilliant way of describing that. Yeah. And, and that, that's kind of what fascinates me is, the fact that kind of going back to my earlier point, you know, kids coming out of high school, going into college, they know they need to change, but they don't know how they're going to change. Like they know they need to, to make things more about themselves. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a wonderful point you've just because, brought up because they have, they flexed that, uh, that internal muscle, that internal, um, that need for community, that need for, uh, for purpose. They found that in high school with, you know, groups of friends, uh, you know, you think of like band kids or choir kids or, you know, drama club kids, 
uh, you know, even uh, like where we went to school, you know, you think of like the rednecks and things like that. They all had their, their little cliques and they had their, their groups and they had purpose in them and they've kind of flexed that muscle, but now they need to be more than a group. They need to be themselves and they may, and they kind of realize that, but they need to go on. So let me ask you this question here. If there was one really important thing that you learned from this journey of being just, just to kind of paraphrase it, just to be more authentic and honest. If there's one thing you learned from that, that somebody could take away that could help them, what do you think that is? Um, so there, there's two things. Um, I think you should try to be honest, but I don't actually think you should worry about being authentic. And what I mean by that is I, I used, I used to tr actually try to be authentic, but sometimes being authentic isn't a good thing. Sometimes um, actually copying good ideas and people that are more intelligent than oneself is actually a is actually a good it's actually a, a good thing to do so i wouldn't put so much emphasis on the being authentic part but one should try to be honest and uh i, I think at least i think that's a an important distinction there uh, in, in what we're talking about if that makes sense it does so when you talk about being honest, I know it sounds like, you know, you're just kind of beating a dead horse into the ground. Um, but I guess the last thing that I'm going to bring up on this subject is going to be kind of my take on, on what you're talking about. So what I have found in life is, uh, that being honest, no matter how hard it can be, is the best way to approach a situation, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, honesty with, a, with your spouse, honesty with, you know, friends, honesty with, uh, with yourself even is probably the most important part. And I have found over time, and it's been something that I've not actually gone on a journey personally to find. It's something that's happened accidentally that I found that it's just, you know, I was, it was always something that was stressed to me growing up. And I think that's why I didn't think about it as much was it was stressed to me to be an honest person, you know, to, um, if I said something that it needed to be true. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. And so it, it didn't really click with me, kind of like it, it clicked with you, I think, in the sense that I never went looking for it. But just having that honesty has made um, it brings opportunities into your life that you don't think that you have anymore. In some cases, it brings a certain level of peace. Because, you know, you, you don't have to wrestle with anything in your head. You don't have to, you know, worry about 
did you say the right thing to this person or that person? You don't have to worry about offending people because if people are offended by honesty, that's not your problem. You know, and, and I've just found that, that whether you realize it or not, I think everybody eventually gets to that point in their life. It, it changes that life changes to be more honest. Do you think, do you find that to be true that no matter what stage in life you get to eventually the, the changes in your life, whether you, you make them yourself or they are made for you just naturally, do you find that most people just become more honest in time? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, other I, than other than narcissists and sociopaths. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, part of me it is a bit cynical when it comes to that. And I, I think a lot of people are, are not honest. I don't necessarily think they're trying to be dishonest, but I just don't think honesty is something they value in the sense that they're actively trying to be honest and you know i i guess i should have prefaced it i don't think people are very honest with themselves i think people for the most part unless they go looking for becoming a more honest person or unless it's something that's kind of ingrained in them They don't go looking for honesty in themselves, but they want to be honest about their opinions and they want to be honest about how they feel about things. Do you find that to be true? Yes. And I I think there's a distinction here kind of between that and the type of honesty that we're looking for. Because I would say that um, there are times when being blunt is, is what's needed for instance, but there are also a lot of times when being blunt can cause harm. And so you, you have to be tactful in your approach. And so I don't think we're talking about just merely blunt honesty here. We're talking more of like an intellectual honesty and honesty in that um, we're not afraid to engage in ideas, um, but we're also you know, engage in new ideas and to think from different perspectives. But it also takes honesty to st- stick up for your ideas that you know to be true or that you have strong beliefs that are true, like strong scientific evidence and rational thought to back up your conclusion. You know, the, those are the different types of honesties here. And yeah, I mean, no doubt there are, there is an intellectual property to, to most of what we're speaking about. Um, but just to kind of move on, um, just a little bit, one thing I wanted to touch on that I don't think that we've spoken to yet is, is really the the journey that you can find yourself on in life without realizing it, even, even if you do realize it, you can find yourself 
and this is what I've found in, in my life. You find yourself in a place where you really want there to be a change made. And you look at it and you actively pursue whether it's, you know, by yourself with the help of, uh, of other people, you know, friends, uh, a therapist, you know, whatever, where you, where you find a time in your life where you really want to pursue change. And it's come to me that it's this idea has come to me that at my age, you know, right now I'm, I'm almost 30 right now. You know, you're, you're kind of in that same boat, you know, you're right there around 30, you know, there kind of comes a time where you want to, I think the best way I know how to put it is you want something bigger for yourself, but you're kind of scared to jump out of your comfort zone. And this yeah. may be, this may be the biggest thing that I've taken away from just thinking about this, this week is how do you approach that change that you want to see that change you want to make as you get older and not necessarily set in your ways, but it becomes more risky to change as you get older. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I agree that it at least uh, seems to be more risky. Right. It, it feels very, you know, you feel like, oh, if I don't change, I'm, I'm screwed. If I do change, you know, this could go wrong. You know, if I do make this change, this could go wrong. That could go wrong. I could lose this good job. Yeah, the, the consequences can be greater. Yes, and I think what I want to speak to is me personally. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a great career. Um, and it's not that I ever thought that I would have this, you know, great career or anything by the time I was in my 30s, but I don't really even have a career that I would, I would like to, uh, to really consider a career at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. And I, I think that's one thing for a lot of people our age, they kind of get stuck in something and, you know, from like 20 to 25, it seems fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you're working retail or you're working, you know, some kind of service industry job you know, and it's, everything's going pretty good. You know, you like the people you work with, you're getting paid pretty good. You're working pretty good hours, but then you kind of stop and think, I don't have a career. And so you want to make a change. You want to, you want to become, whether it's more educated, whether it's more, whether you want to become more personable, whether you want to become you know, because uh, a lot of people that I know, you know, that friend group that you had when you were younger, it's just not there anymore. You've got two or three friends. Yeah. You know, so, you know, whether it's a change where you want to be a more personable, a more people person, more of a people person, you want to add to that friend group, you know, whatever. Is that important? Is, is worrying about any of that really that important? Before I give you a chance to answer, I'm, I'm going to give one last thought on that before I give you a chance to answer that. 
I think to a certain degree, it is natural to worry about things like that as we get older. However, I do believe that in certain situations, it is actually called for to make those drastic changes just to be, um, just to be a little happier. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree in that it, it is natural uh, to worry about those things, especially as you get older. Um, and yeah, so, sometimes it, it is necessary. You know, sometimes we need a little, you know, a punch in the stomach to kind of get you moving. Some of, I know I, I've certainly needed that in, in my life. Um, you know, that kind of wake up call. But one thing is that I I think you can worry so much about it, though, that um, it consumes you and you end up not making any type of good decision or any type of change because you're so consumed with making a good decision that uh, not saying necessarily, you know, you in particular, uh, I'm just saying in general, I see this with people that they become so consumed with making the best decision that they end up making no, no decision at all. And then therefore no change. Yeah. People become afraid of decision-making. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what, kind of what leads you into that position. Don't you think it's, you're afraid to make a decision younger. So now you're forced with it later in life. So you really do have to make that change as you get older then, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, eventually you either have, you're going to have to make a person will have to make a decision whether or not they like it, either that, or they just make no decision. And then they just sort of waste away. I mean, so uh, uh, at, at, at some point, that's the crossroads everybody's going to come to. So with that being said, we can already kind of answer what we started off with at the beginning where we, you know, we asked, is it important to change with time? And that answer that I I think we can come to after what we've talked about just a little bit so far, I'm kind of leaning that it is that you really do have to over time, really make some pretty radical changes with your life or else the world, not just the world, but just time itself will pass you by. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And just, you know, I think back 10 years ago when I was 18, if I had not changed at all, and if I was still the same person with the same thoughts as I was 10 years ago, that would be pretty sad. I, I mean, I, I, would, I would be a pretty sad person if I had not changed at, at all, or if I had tried not to change at all. So I, I definitely think a lot of this change has been positive and beneficial. You know, I think, I think that the majority of change that happens in one's life is positive and beneficial. I, I tend to being less cynical than you are. 
I tend to think that if somebody is actively trying to change something in, in their life, that that is just a, a greater good that's happening to them. Um, oh, no, I, I, I agree with you there. I, I think if you're actively trying to make that change and you're, you're aware of it, then absolutely that that's good in and of itself. But one thing that I, I don't think that we've touched on this and it's something that I don't want to say bothers me, but it's something that, that gives me concern. I think a little bit is everybody knows that person that kind of like you were talking about, that is the same as they were the day they graduated high school at the time they are when they're 40. Yeah. And, you know, you've got 22 years in between. Is it possible for somebody in that scenario? Is it too late for them to really make significant change in their life? No, I, I, I don't think it's ever too late. Um, I, I think you can, uh, you can change. You can initiate change whenever you like. Um, I, I do want to say, though, that. Um, just at least for the listeners, that change doesn't have to be radical. So it, I, I'm willing to accept that in, in theory, somebody at 18, in theory, could have everything worked out and they don't need to change. I don't think I think that's highly, highly unlikely, but theoretical, theoretically possible. So I'd also say that there comes a point in your life where you don't need radical change, you know, because there's something to be said of consistency as well. So I think if you find that consistency, that that can be a very good thing, too. That's and now I want to stop you right here, because that's one thing before you continue that I, I would like to argue. Okay. I would like to argue that any kind of change that takes place in your life is a radical change. Because okay. that that change literally changes the person you are. You are no longer the same person you were the minute before that change happened, which is a radical move, no matter who you are. And so even the slightest bit of change can be overwhelming and terrifying for some individuals. So I, I would argue that any change is a radical change just, and I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, to get, to look at it existentially. I'm not trying to look at it, you know, as a postmodernist or anything like that. I'm just saying that it really does change the person that you are. Uh, and it changes it, even though it, it's majority of the time for the better you're still changing profoundly the human being that was in the mirror looking back at you. You're no, you can't go back to being that person again. Once you've changed, do you disagree with that? No. Um, I, I think it, it, that's a different, different way of, you know, of phrasing it a different perspective. So I, I don't think that's wrong necessarily. Um, and, you know, at this point, I'd like to give a, another quote from Karl Popper that I wrote down. 
So, and, and this is in an essay he's writing specifically about change. And so he, he says that things are not really things. They are processes. They are in flux. So I think that that's the same with humans, with individuals. We're not an individual as a thing. We're an individual as a process. And so in that sense, any type of change or experience you have, it is, is a link in the process. And the totality of it, I would say, is radical. I can't really think of anything that I disagree with, uh, with that. Uh, one thing that I, I would add to it, though, uh, is it kind of sounds like to me what that quote is saying is it's just more or less that humans are always evolving and changing. Yeah. I mean, it's, and I guess to me, it just comes across more simply as, you know, speaking of us as a process, it just kind of, I guess it just kind of, to me, that quote just kind of proves kind of the opposite. I think of, of what I thought we would find, um, that, regardless of whether or not you think you need to be changing with time, you are just constantly changing. And it kind of goes to, uh, to kind of what I started out talking about with is you may not even realize it, but you were constantly changing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you're right there. Um, and, and another thing I, I'd like to add is, um, I, I, this might explain what I was referring to earlier in the sense of a radical change. But uh, so, like when I, I think of a radical change, I sometimes get that idea of that man having a, a midlife crisis and um, he ends up, you know, radically changing his life and that he, he gets divorced and he quits his job and he goes and, you know, buys a fast car and, and he's just radically changing the life. And uh, I know that's a negative example, but it, in a sense that I don't, I guess what I'm trying to say is when you change, it doesn't have to be a big shift outwardly in that sense, but sometimes it's just those little minute changes but they make really big differences. Right. I mean, just like I was just saying where, you know, the smallest change makes the biggest difference. Yeah. Where it, it completely changes a person. Now, one thing I guess to kind of get pretty specific, one thing that has changed me um, and has caused me to, to want to continue changing Um. And this is just to give an, you know, just not necessarily to give an example, but uh, maybe to um, just kind of to speak to what we're talking about a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm somebody that struggles with, with PTSD. I've, I've been diagnosed with it now for, you know, close to a year. Uh, and it, it affects me in a, a bunch of different ways but I, I made the decision that I want to change and I, I want to go through that. 
I want to get through it and I want to be a better person, even, you know, be a different person than I was, you know, before I started getting any kind of help for it, anything like that. And, uh, my life has changed radically just in the, the period of getting help for this. Um, I have become a, I think a better person for it. And, uh, so even if you're looking at, looking at it through the lens of, you know, can people struggling with, you know, severe mental health issues, can they even, you know, make a, a willing effort to change? I, I, I definitely think that that's probably, I don't think I would have changed as much as I have in the past year or so if it hadn't have been for that. I, I think I would have been stuck doing my same old normal stuff and I, I probably would not have thought about it. So the, I think the change would have occurred much slower over time. And, you know, I, I kind of think that I might have fell into kind of your example of maybe that midlife crisis mode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that comes from is you just kind of fall into a rut. You know, I think about your dad, you know, when we were growing up, you know, he would one week, he would have, you know, a super beetle. And then the next week he would have, you know, a a Jeep Comanche pickup truck with, you know, wooden bed rails. And then he'd have a 69 GMC pickup and then he'd have a little Mazda, you know, he would just always be buying new cars. And to me, it always, it always screamed, you know, Hey, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I don't know what's going on. There's this weird change. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't think that was I, the case. I see what you're saying, but I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think so, that was but the case. <laughs> I, I don't think so, but I also think to my dad and, you know, he, you know, he, he kind of had that midlife crisis where he, he started drinking a lot he started going to a lot of concerts. He started, you know, acting like he was a teenager again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I just think that had it not been for this, I think that I would have been bound for something like that. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And, um, I hate to say it, but I'm really thankful for it. I'm really thankful for realizing at such a young age that there was so much that needed to be changed. Um, so that way I did not have to just kind of roll with the changes over time and, and kind of let the kind of let the waves kind of beat me down and erode me. You know, like, you know, you think about a beach, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, cause I think that's one of the biggest problems with people is they don't realize how much needs to be changed. And so it's, it's literally that slow process process of erosion where they just need to, they just sit there and they just have these waves lap up on them and year after year, slowly little pieces corrode away and they, they completely miss out on an opportunity uh, every single day of making themselves a different person, of making themselves something they can be proud of um, until it's too late, until it just hits them. And, you know, you're, you're talking about divorce there. You know, neither of our parents have ever been divorced. 
uh well i think maybe your your dad did but it was before you were born right right yeah um so i mean we've grown up with you know our parents you know our whole lives but you know i can definitely see how not making those not making those decisions when you're younger could lead to some pretty rough consequences later on in life kind of like what i was talking about now creeping up on 30 and you know here you are wanting to make all these life changes and you're scared well you know what happens to you when you're 45 and you start making all these life changes yeah yeah that's a good point you bring up so i mean i guess my question to you is i guess to move forward a little bit how do you want to see yourself change in the next little bit uh so yeah that's um it's a good question and one thing i i've learned is that I, i don't try and when I think about change for myself, I don't necessarily try and make these concrete, um, you know, physical goals in life. Um, I think about it more as a, a frame of mind and where I want to be mentally and how I want to interact and see the world. So it's a little more abstract, but so how I want to see myself in a way is I think it, a lot of it goes back to the idea of honest inquiry. It's not just an idea, but it's a practice too. So I want to become, I want to practice that more. And, and what I mean by that is. You want to be more proficient with it. Yeah. I, I Yeah. And, and um, so I think it's good to um, engage in ideas and it's good to engage in ideas you don't necessarily agree with as well. And there's two things that can come from that is either that reinforces uh, what you had already thought and believed. And so that then makes your conviction stronger or if you're, honest in your methods of inquiry, right? You can also then change your position. And so either way, engaging with that idea has brought about a good change. And so that's how I look at it. Um, I want to continue to grow and, uh, and involve in that sense. So continuously engaging in these ideas or even engaging in things that I'm afraid to do, but um, just to just to engage with them, you know, and I think it, if you're honest in your approach, then that change is more likely to be good, whatever that change is. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, and that's a really. I don't want to say noble, um, but it's a really that's a really healthy way to want to want to change yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a really, um, it's like having a good diet. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just healthy for you. It's going to be really helpful to your brain. It's going to be really helpful to your relationships. Um, I mean, no wonder, 
you know, you've got such a good marriage, you know, you've everything you do. It sounds like you want to be, you want it to have natural, healthy growth. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think if I had to answer the question, my biggest thing that I would say, um, just because I, I kind of set really low bar goals. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I set goals that I know that I can reach. It may just take a little bit to get there. Um, I think one thing that I would like to see really changed um, is I would just like to, I guess, be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more open. You know what I mean? Just not be so closed off. Yeah. And uh, I think that kind of follows into kind of what you're talking about, about that honest inquiry is I think you have to be willing to be open to really be able to practice that proficiently. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's something that you have to, you, you have to try to be open in, in that sense. Yeah. And so that that's one thing that, that I kind of look at. Um, but, uh, but I mean, I, I think that, that we've kind of come to kind of come to a conclusion that, that you really do have to, you have to want to change, uh, and you really have to, to change often to really stay ahead of the game or else you're really going to fall behind and you're really going to have to pay for it later on in life. Wouldn't you say that that's probably about the best conclusion that we've come to? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I I would also add that don't try to change for the sake of changing because not all change is good but just the process of thinking about changing the, of thinking about, you know, new ideas, new experiences, just that will bring about a a change in a way. And and I think this is, I hope it's not getting too confusing um, because we're kind of using terms interchangeably here. So I hope this is all understandable for our audience, but, that's what I would say is just the process of thinking about changing is enough to bring about a good outcome. Yeah. As long as you're using good methods of inquiry, if you're thinking, if you're trying to think logically and if you're trying to think ethically, I think, I think the outcome is going to be good. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Uh, I know that we've enjoyed doing it. Um, if you've got any questions or anything like that, um, you can email us at uh, the podcast 865 at gmail.com. If you have any comments, you can send them there as well. Uh, but guys, until next time, uh, I've been Josh. Zach's been with us here. We hope you have a good one. Bye, guys. <laughs>